Welcome to episode 41 of the Camera Shake podcast. We're back alive and kicking. This time we're shaking it up with a very special guest. But before we get into that, let me just tell you about the YouTube channel that we just managed to name. It's now called youtube.com forward slash camera shake. As you know, we've been working very hard at getting these 100 subscribers. We've made it. Um, so if you are listening to the audio version of this podcast, please go ahead and you know jump over to YouTube if you want to see our lovely faces. What can I say? Just do it. Um, hit that subscribe button, obviously, if you were so inclined. Um, that would help us out. Likewise, if you're listening to the audio version, please enjoy our sultry voices. Now, without further ado, let's get right into it. Today's guest, and I am so thrilled to uh, to be able to announce this and to have him on the show. Today's guest is none other than conceptual photographer, Photoshop guru, and the face, voice, and genius behind the educational <laughs> platform, Flan. Give it up for Mr. Aaron Nace. Aaron, how are you doing Thank today? Thank you so much. I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be so much fun. Awesome. I'm, I'm super thrilled. Like I said, I'm super thrilled to have you on the show because um, I, I can honestly say that probably 99% of what I know about Photoshop, I have learned by watching your videos on YouTube and the remaining 1% were just sheer accident. <laughs> I feel like 99% of what I learned about Photoshop was sheer accident. There's <laughs> 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 a, a dude with too much free time on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about, we'll talk about um, how you got into, um, mm. into Flan um, in the first place. But before before we get into all of that, um, you're you're not at home right now. You're in you're in Atlanta at the moment. I'm currently in Atlanta. Um, I'm just like in between. You know, COVID's a really interesting thing for a lot of reasons. But one of those things is that it pushed our business to be remote. And at first, it was like really scary to do that. And I honestly just like. I don't know. I feel like it, it ripped the bandaid off and it was like, you got no choice. Like this is how it is now. And so, you know, leaving back behind our studio and, you know, we had like a, an office where people would come to work and, you know, we had a pretty good routine going. Um, but I'll tell you after what has it been almost a year now, which is nuts. Uh, it's just kind of pushed things to the place where it, we, we've gotten comfortable operating out of anywhere. So um, I've spent, I, I live in Chicago technically, but I haven't even been there in months. Um, I've been spending the last few months in, uh, staying with family in Dallas, Texas. And now I'm with family in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and then I'm going to be going, you know, back to Dallas in a bit. And then who knows from there, uh, it's been a really cool ride to, to see like, okay, cool. Like let's, let's embrace this remote thing. Like let's make it actually like let's take advantage of the best parts of it that we can and you know for for us that's been you know being distributed and kind of just like keeping on with our with our you know schedule like let's just make it happen no matter where we're at so hmm. yeah i'm i'm a little bit of a vagabond these days do you think you're going to keep some of the some of the aspects of remote working even when things go back to normal we're going to keep a hundred percent of the aspects of remote working. Yeah. It's the decision's been made already. We, we are committed to a fully distributed working team, uh, for the foreseeable future. Yep. 
yeah, it's uh, we've we've embraced it. Uh, and honestly, I'm super excited about it. it mm-hmm. It's, you know, there have been a lot of challenges along the way, but I feel like it's kind of forced us to reevaluate uh, how we operate the business as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, uh, we're, we're doing really well, you know, even in spite of the fact we don't get to see each other on a day-to-day basis, uh, you know, personally, but, you know, we still do Zoom calls and things like that. And I feel like we're real lucky because we had a very strong team in a physical environment before COVID. Mm. Uh, so like the team is like really, really solid and, uh, we haven't had to onboard too many people purely remotely. Like they, we were already a tight knit team. So, you know, it's, those relationships are bonded you know we're mm. we're good we're a strong team and the fact that we meet on zoom rather than in person definitely has its drawbacks but um it's it it's all good you know to be honest it's like uh i i think it just depends a lot on you know especially what type of business you run and then what type of like um <laughs> how you want to run your business you know mm. i'm I'm more of like a, hey, if you get your work done and we hit our deadlines, cool. You know, like work whenever you want, like chill, like it's fine. Um, I think, you know, for if I was more inclined to be like, you know, at your desk, you know, from 9 a.m. to 5 a.m. and no leaving, I think that would be real hard to do remotely and, um for me, to be honest, I, I don't think that that would, I just don't think that that makes that much sense for remote work in general. It's like, you know, how many times in life are you like, Oh God, I didn't sleep last night. And it's, you know, it's 12 in the afternoon before I even feel good. And like, yeah. you know, I, I'm going to show, I'm going to show up to work from like two to 6 PM. And that's all I got today because I'm a human. I'm not a robot. Like that's just what I got in me. Yeah. And like, you know, remote work is, it's actually really good because mm. it allows space for that. And, you know, two to 6 PM, if that's what you got, like, as long as you're hitting your work deadlines, like, cool, we're, we're good to go. You know, like got a good team behind you show up and, you know, do your best when you can. And, you know, as long as, you know, as long as we make fill up all the gaps, uh, totally works out. That's one of these things, isn't it? Because I mean, at the, at the moment, it's, you know, with everything that's going on, you know, in the world and, you know, with COVID and, you know, politically and all that, I mean, I, I can imagine a lot of people aren't sleeping too well right now, you know, so, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, those are the kind of things to to uh, to take into consideration, of course, when you, when you have a team, when you run a team, you know, when you run a business and you have to look after the people that work for you. And it's especially important in a time. I think it's always important, but it's especially important now, you know? Yeah, so. for sure. And yeah, you know, like we lose our gym times. Like I was, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, for me, cardio activity is like, it's important. If I don't get enough of it, I, I don't, you know, I don't operate at my highest potential for sure. And so basically as soon as COVID happened, it was like, okay, I can't go to the gym anymore. Um, I can't, you know, get the good cardio in like I was used to doing. So I've had to, you know, kind of like restructure that. And yeah, definitely like sleep, like 
you know, and just in general, anxiety levels throughout like the world, you know, everyone is like operating at like slightly higher anxiety levels. And we, you know, that, that can affect sleep. It can affect just performance and in general, it can affect outlook towards the future. And, Mm. you know, so what we're trying to do as a business is just like make a lot of room for that and be like, you know, like we, we got you like, this is, you know, we're humans navigating this situation together you know like let's let's make sure to like make a lot of space for that so like you know if you know whatever you need to make it through this time like you know that's number one and uh you know if we need to adjust some schedules for work that's that's always going to be you know accommodating to what you know what our people actually need in um in a in a previous life I worked in corporate for for many years and actually we we trialed working from home and remote working for a lot of our teams and actually we ended up finding productivity um just from a corporate perspective productivity actually rose and there was and the reason we never tried it before is that concern that people wouldn't commit too much but actually what you end up doing is you work what would have been your commute time let's say you end up doing mm-hmm. that. You end up just answering whatever, working in the evenings more. That may or may not be a good thing, obviously. But are you finding that actually, and I'm guessing you, you probably are, given that you've made the decision to um, go fully remote from now on, are you finding actually similar results over the last year or so? You know what? I'm I'm definitely finding that we're getting as much done, if not more done, in just less time. You know, Mm. there would be days when I would go to the office and whatever, like, let's say I wasn't feeling my best that day, you know, maybe I would be at the office for eight hours, but actually getting stuff done two to three hours, maybe. (laughs) I mean, there were also days when I was like, I'm a rock star. I'm going to do that all day. Uh, Nothing can touch me. I'm caffeined up and, you know, like I'm going to... I'm going to solve every problem today. But, you know, there were definitely days where like a couple hours of work is all I had in me. And then I felt guilty about like not being at the office. I was So what I would wind up doing is just like kind of like trying to do a weird hide where I would just kind of watch videos like YouTube, but like mm-hmm. pretend that I was working and I felt <laughs> guilty about it. It was just a lot of weird stuff. And then, you know, with COVID, and distributed working. I just don't worry about that stuff anymore. It's like, I don't, you know, there's, there's no like weird shame about like being at the office at a certain time. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, productivity comes and goes, you know, there's anyone that I know who's been doing, especially like a same type of like job or whatever. So Flern turns 10 years old this year. So it's Mm. been 10 years, you know, and it's like, um, we've had our periods of like bang, 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 get it all done. And then we've had our periods of like, you know, dragging our feet through the mud and like, that's just life and human nature. And I think like, I don't know, like not having to feel bad about the periods of time when it's a slog, you know, is, is really helpful in general. Um, and again, I, I'm, I'm real happy and, you know, really just thankful to have such a, 
great team of people that I work with. We all kind of like pick each other up and hold each other accountable. Cause you know, especially, I mean, there was a month there. I think we were like two or three months into COVID where I was just like, you know, I was like, I don't want to do any of this, you know, like anything that was my job, I didn't want to (laughs) do, but my team was there to pick me back up, you know, and, and it's, it, like we, we just worked through it, you know, as, as a team. So that's, that's been, that's been really good, you know, and just being, you know, being, uh, like, a um, I don't know, almost, I mean, it, the people with you work that you work with ultimately, like, especially in a small company like ours, we're all very integral. We're, we're all, we all wear a lot of hats, you know? So, and it's very obvious if someone's not doing their work, you know? So it's like, um, but we also try to engender like feelings of like, um, support rather than like shame or, um, anger or like competitiveness or, mm-hmm. you know, um, and every business is going to be so different on how they're structured and, you know, like, you know, Nick, you probably know from the corporate world, like, you know, a lot of people are just trying to climb that corporate ladder, you know, and like different people handle that in different ways. You mm-hmm. know, some people do it like in a very generous and like, I'm just going to be the best person I can be and show up and do that. But then some people resort to the, like the competitive nature and, you know, trying to push others down to get themselves up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that sort of thing can happen. But, you know, I think we're real lucky in that, like, for our team anyway, I think we all just feel like we're together uh, and that there's no benefit for pushing anyone down on the team it's like you know it's like you know there's enough room on this life raft for all of us like let's make sure we're all on it i think a lot of small businesses can learn a lot from a lot from you that's uh that sounds like a a very pleasant and incredibly productive way of working it's you know I'll, i'll tell you man it's it's a it's a constant work in progress and i know i've got a lot to learn you know i I'm in an interesting like spot because, uh, so after, after college, I went to go work for like a, uh, relatively small, but like kind of corporate-y, uh, in environment. And I just didn't fit in really that well. I just, it, w- it wasn't for me. Um, I did my best to like, uh, try to do my job and stuff, but it became obvious pretty quick that that was not, I, I was not great material for that. <laughs> the position. Um, but I also totally feel like, um, so from there, I just like, I left and then I started my own thing, but I do feel in some ways, like I kind of missed out from a lot of like the structure and, uh, like knowledge and system making, uh, an organizational structure that, um, that a lot of people do benefit from large, larger or structured organizations. Cause um, you know, again, as years go by and I'm like, oh, bookkeeping, <laughs> we should do bookkeeping, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, that's like number two and like the bookkeeping for dummies book, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, or like marketing. Oh, that's, that's why McDonald's puts up billboards everywhere. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> that's that's a part of it too, you know? So yeah. like, yeah, there are definitely <laughs> pros and cons. But I think, I mean, that's, that's, really, 
that's like a typical thing though when you're when you're you know when you're coming to running a business from being a a creative person you know it's the creativity that drives you there but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know anything about business at all nothing. you know yeah, nothing. like <laughs> like you know in in my past i you know i studied music and um and uh, and I, I ran uh like a contemporary music school um for you know for over a decade and Man, I had to learn on the job because just because I know how to play the guitar does not mean I know how to run a business and to do payroll and like, you know, tax and all that kind of jazz, all the kind of stuff you have to do, you know? And, and of course, at first, you know, I, I'm guessing it's probably similar for you, but at first you're a one-man band, you know, and then- 100%. And then it kind of eventually kind of get to the point where you realize, oh, I don't have to do all of that myself. I can actually get somebody else to do this for me, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And that's a good feeling. And then, you know, also like some, like the other, other side of that. <laughs> so yeah, definitely in the beginning, like you got to do it all right. You got to figure out what you can figure out. And then, you know, slowly you realize I suck at this. Like, this is not my strong suit. I got to find someone who's good at it and who I trust and, and they can do it. And I got to, you know, work for them. Uh, and then, you know, I've also experienced the flip side of that where like, fast forward years down the line and I've given complete like trust and uh, like control and, you know, authority to someone else on a project. Um, but the mistake that I've made sometimes is I've also like kind of made that, okay, I don't need to know what's going on with that piece of the business anymore. Cause like they got it. Um, so I would kind of check out, so there'd be areas that I was just like not even pay attention to sometimes for, you know, periods of, you know, long periods of time. And then kind of come to the realization that I have no idea what's happening with this or that in my business. Like, yes, I've found someone I trust who, who can handle this. And like, I trust that they handle it, but I've lost perspective of these vital parts of the business too. So gone through the period of time, you know, being like, okay, yes, like definitely get people you trust and work with and know how to do this stuff, hopefully better than you do. But at the same time, it's really important to like stay up with that information, like make sure that like, okay, you hire someone to do all your SEO, like, you know, I wouldn't necessarily just recommend being like, okay, you do SEO now for the next X amount of years, I'll do none of it. I would, you know, tell myself 10 years ago, be like, just make sure you follow up with that person and know uh, what they're yeah. doing. And like, you know, make sure that uh, you understand what they're doing too, because um, that's a big thing, especially with team members. And I mean, if, if you find great people you trust, like that's mm. paramount, you know, good, sure. motivated, uh, in, enthusiastic, smart people you trust. Mm. That's, that's number one. Um, but there's just all kinds of things that can slip through the cracks, uh, you know, due to, uh, either ignorance or negligence or, uh, you know, just, just a whole bunch of other factors. It's like life, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, I think yeah, we've all yeah. made, we've made us a lot of, uh, a lot of people who start running businesses, you know, without having been to like business school, which is probably the vast majority of small business owners, I would say, you know, start start a business because because of a skill set that they have, you know, um, and uh, you know, and, and 
and sort of um uh what's the word like uncovering yourself from from part of that business because that's the one thing that you don't like doing is i think it's a fairly typical thing for me i remember it was the whole bookkeeping thing you know i it, i was always the creative part in in my business and i had a business partner who was and she was like you know doing the finances and the books and all the kind of boring stuff um mm -hmm. and uh and that didn't actually work out too well so you know <laughs> we've all made our mistakes there at one point but yeah. it teaches you a lesson you know and it makes you a better it makes you a better person um afterwards because it is a lesson learned you know? yeah and i think i i've been through similar situations uh with you christians and like you know i like similar stuff when i'm just like all right you do the books but you know a part of like okay let's say we're our own business owner now i own a business right mm -hmm. like just inherent in that fact is that no one in the world is going to care as much of you as your business as you will. Mm. Like it, it doesn't, even if you give them like percentage ownership of the company, they're not going to care as much as you because mm. you started it. It's your company. Like mm. if it goes belly under, you go belly under. Like there's, you know, no one is, has as much on the line as you do. So, you know, I, I do recommend having people help out with things that either take a lot of time, um, you know, minutiae, like bookkeeping is one of those things. Um, like, so fast forward to like today, I have a bookkeeper, but I also uh, review all the books and keep my own books. And I'm, I'm a lot more active in things like bookkeeping and finances and taxes and things like that than I have been in the past. And it's not like the most fun thing necessarily. And it's not the most, um, it's not creative, you know, it's, it's, mm. it's minutia, but at the end of the day, if I have a really good sense of our books, it allows me to run the business better. Mm. You know, it allows me to make better financial decisions for the company as a whole. If I'm like, okay, here's where we're at now. We've got some pretty big expenses coming up here, here, and here. We need to make sure to budget them. And so if I go out and like start this project, now and spend X amount of money. Um, and I'm not aware of like some larger expenses that are coming up in the future. It could mean that six months from now, we're going to be in a tight financial bind. And uh, I, I could have foreseen that happening had I paid closer attention to the books and either scaled down some of the projects or just sequenced things a little bit better to be like, okay, yes, I do want to make this change and I want to make this project happen. But it's got to wait six months realistically for it to happen. That's going to keep us from getting, you know, in a, in a financial squeeze that's ultimately just going to make us all stressed out and not be productive for the company as a whole. Because, you know, as soon as the money gets tight, you know, <laughs> it's like the old thing. It's like everyone's getting along when the money's good, you know? <laughs> and so, as soon as the money gets tight, it's like, who's who are we pointing fingers at for this? You know, like um, anyway. So when, when you first started making videos like ten years ago, did you ever think that you were going to be in this position now? You know, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. No, not at all, man. When I first started, honestly, I my my focus was on, um, I wanted to be a commercial photographer. Like that's, that's what I wanted to do. That was, that was like, that's, you know, that was my, my dream. And, uh, for me, YouTube was like kind of just a cool platform to like 
um, do a few things, you know, give back and like try to share some of this knowledge that I had accumulated about Photoshop and photography, you know, uh, that was, that was just a cool thing in general. Uh, and also a way, uh, I wanted to like help build a little bit of credibility behind a brand that I was associated with too, so that, you know, I could, uh, I could approach clients and just be like, okay, you know, this is, um, uh, a good starting place, you know, hmm. uh, as a, as a client. Uh, but then r- relatively quickly, I would say within the first two years, I realized that, you know, I was actually really enjoying being an educator and enjoying that whole side of it. And kind of came to the realization that I wasn't actually as interested in being a commercial photographer as I originally thought I was going to be. Hmm. Um, and that, that was a cool realization, you know? So it was a little bit of like, you know, there's always that struggle between like, you know, you know, looking back and it's like, what would it have been like if I would have been a commercial photographer? But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I feel like life kind of takes you down the path you're meant to go in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, this, this was obviously what I was supposed to be doing the whole time. And I feel really lucky in, in a lot of ways because, um, you know, having, having a business, especially like, you know, like the one that I was able to do is, I feel like it's a really good chance to like play to your strengths. And it's almost like, it's like a very crystal clear, it's like a crystal lens into your own life. Like if you're good at something in business, it's going to show through. And if you're bad at something in business, it's going to show through, you know, like there's, there's no hiding. So it's a really cool way to like know your, yourself and know who you are. So like, for instance, for me, like, you know, on the commercial photography side, like, um, you know, cold calling and pitching and, and doing decks and, you know, like, you know, client relationships and, and things like that, um, you know, those aren't necessarily my strong suits and they, they never have been like, that's kind of just like, not necessarily how I operate. I'm a little bit more of like an introverted type of a person. I like doing my creative projects. Um, you know, so the idea of like, you know, building networks and things like that in order to build a business, like I wanted to kind of do it my way. And YouTube was a cool way to do that. Cause I could just like sit at my house and make videos and build a network. But um, do it in a way to where, um, you know, I wasn't like showing up to social events and be like, Hey, check out my company or whatever, you know, it just, that didn't fit with my personality. So I would say like for anyone trying to do their own business or whatever, um, you know, try to just, if you can and gather yourself with like people you love and who really, really know you and just be like, Hey, like, what am I good at? And what am I not good at? And like, you know, don't try to force it, you know, like I, I think that finding our own unique strengths, like we all have them, we all have, you know, things we are really good at and, you know, life and business can totally be carved out of those things. And then, you know, finding someone else who's good at the things that maybe you're lacking or, you know, that frustrate you or that you're just not going to do, because like you said, you know, bookkeeping, accounting, you know, taxes, uh, marketing, like all these things, they need to get done. Like for a business to work and for a business to like run that stuff is really important. It, it's, it's, 
<laughs> it really is. Um, and if you don't want to do it to the point where you're not gonna do it, like find someone to help you out mm. and make sure that, you know, <laughs> you're on the same page and that you guys kind of both understand what's going on. But, um, you know, there's great software out there for like bookkeeping and stuff like that too, that kind of helps make it a little bit easier. Yeah. I find that, um, and I've certainly found this myself, but with those, those, we'll just stick on the bookkeeping example for a second is I, I find that most people who end up not doing it is not, it's not necessarily because they really, really don't want to do it. It's because they don't know how. And Definitely. I certainly, and then I, I, if I don't know how to do something that I'm not particularly interested in, I'm never inclined to go and do the research to find out how to do it. However, if I am generally interested, this is why I end up on your channel all the time, is if I am interested in it, I'm going to go research it and I'm going to research the hell out of it until I'm brilliant at it. Exactly, exactly. And I do the same thing when I, it's, it happens to me when I want to buy stuff too. Like if I'm excited yeah. about something, I'm going to buy something and it's kind of like a big purchase. I'll spend a, just a way too much time learning every <laughs> silly little thing about this thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, whatever, whatever it is, I'm just going to like dive it because it's fun, right? It's like, yeah. Like the learning process of something that you want to do or something that you're interested in, that it's fun time. It's like playtime, you know, and spreadsheets is usually work time. You know, that's <laughs> not for everyone. Um, I've, I'll tell you, though, over the last year, I've really come to dig spreadsheets. Google Sheets is my jam. I <laughs> I haven't even used a calculator in like months because I do everything on Google Sheets now. And for those of you guys who don't know, you can do advanced, awesome calculations on... You, Microsoft Excel is cool too. I just use Google Sheets because it's free and it's cloud-based and I can share it with everyone. But like we, as far as the operations of our business go, we, I would say Google Sheets is like an integral part of the operations of our company. Like it, spreadsheets are not to be underestimated. And I found this out in year like nine. Okay. <laughs> uh, they're super cool. So, okay. I'm going to just give my like brief spiel on, on bookkeeping. Basically like, you know, um, it, for anyone starting a business, I would recommend as soon as you possibly can get, uh, you know, go ahead and register the business, uh, depending on where you're at in the world, you're, you're probably going to get a tax ID number. So in the United States, you, the business gets a separate tax ID number. And then with that number and an address, you can go ahead and open up a bank account for that business. I would recommend doing this as soon as possible. Go ahead and get your LLC registered, uh, set up a different bank account for the business. And that way you can start tracking all of the business expenses purely through that bank account. And then, you know, maybe in time you're going to get a debit or credit card in the name of that bank account too. And then, you know, once a month, you can just go to those, you know, go to the bank website, go to the credit card website, go to all of the websites in which you are spending or earning money and download a CSV. That's a, it's a, a comma separated value file. Basically it's, it's something you can import into Google Sheets or Microsoft Excel um, and just download that and put it all in a Google Sheet. Uh, that's the easiest way to do it. And then, you know, at the bottom, you can just sum it up. There's formulas in there where you can just like select a row and hit sum. It'll add all your numbers together. So, you know, you can get 
really quick profit and loss sheets. The profit and loss is basically like, how much money did you make? How much money did you spend? You know, and I would highly recommend doing this like within the first week of every single month of running a business. Because if you don't know if you made or lost money last month, it's very difficult to make good decisions financially moving forward with your business. So I would highly recommend doing that every single month. Uh, it, it doesn't wind up actually taking that long. And uh, it's it'll go a long ways ensuring the financial health of your business, which will keep stress levels down. It's kind of like an investment in yourself. So um, I would say go for it. And then um, you know, just watch a couple, like when I was learning how to use Google Sheets, I just like YouTubed a few videos on like 10 things you should know how to do on Google Sheets. Like, um, you know, you can do all types of math on there. You can, you can, uh, what's really cool is like, you can add one variable to another one. And then like, you can, uh, you can call the answer in a different sheet too. So you can be like, whatever the answer was over here, put it over here and then multiply that times 12 if you want to find your yearly expenses or whatever. It, anyway, uh, I don't work for Google Sheets, but... <laughs> I think, it's, I think it's hilarious that we're talking about this because this is exactly what I've been doing for the last three days. Because we, in the UK, our tax return deadline is at this Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been doing my tax return for the last, for this week. So it's like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Spreadsheets. Yeah. Yeah. As, yeah. You know, as Nick will tell you, I'm, I'm really not the greatest spreadsheet kind of guy. <laughs> I try, I try to do everything like, you know, old fashioned, like ledger books, <laughs> but not, you know, not when it comes to running my business, but, uh, but generally. Yeah, totally. Totally. And that, that was me for a long, long time. And I was like, you know, no need to do it, but, um, we manage our projects with Google sheets now as well, because, you know, we have multiple people. So I'll record a video and then we'll upload it to the internet and people will need to edit that video and then upload it to a different server. And then people are making posts on the website. And then we have social media who handles all that sort of thing. And we coordinate all of that through Google sheets. Mm. So, you know, just making a sheet of like, here's the episode title, like what status is it? Is it in recording or post-production or, you know, like, mm you know, is it completed? Like, has it been uploaded to the website? Like, you know, all of that uh, type of management, uh, we we do it all through Google Sheets. So as far as operations go, we manage the the entire thing just with, with Sheets. How deep do you go into tracking like the performance of, of each one of your videos? Yeah, there's a lot of ways to track. Uh, so like YouTube has pretty good analytics built into it already. So I would say like, you know, go to the YouTube creator studio and just like do a deep dive in there and jump in the analytics and just click around and kind of see what you can find. The dashboard's pretty good too. Uh, you just get a lot of like quick, quick insights. Um, I would recommend Google analytics as well. Uh, if you have a website that, you know, you can install tracking codes on things like that. If you have a, like a thing like a Squarespace or a Wix or some of these mm -hmm. Shopify or like pre-built things, um, a lot of those will have plugins for Google Analytics or you can contact their help team and they'll help you like insert the code, um, things like that. So I would definitely check out analytics. Um, as far as like while we're on the topic, I would get a mailing list going as soon as you possibly can. Like as soon as you get a website up, get a mailing list going because that's the number way you're going to interact with all of your community. So um, if you can give some sort of thing away with your mailing list, that's going to help people get on there a little bit easier. But like get that mailing list going like, day one of your website, put that mailing list up because you never know, you know, someone might sign up for you. 
They'll forget about you three years later. You're going to offer a great product that they're interested in. You can send that mail out. It's going to go right to their inbox. Very hard for them to ignore. Um, they're going to see it and be like, oh, man, I really liked this company. I totally forgot about it. And they're having a sale right now. Cool. Let's go check out where have they been for the last three years. I might be interested in some of their products. And then boom, you know, so um, super recommended to, to, to do that sort of thing. And you can use things like MailChimp is a really easy one. And you can just set up a contact form on your website. Like they just give you like JavaScript. So you could just like plug it into places. And again, if that sounds overwhelming for you, especially if you're on one of these pre-built platforms, just contact their customer service and they can usually just like put that stuff in there for you. And whilst we're on that topic, um, you have, we're super grateful uh, because you've given us a code, uh, CamerTake20, which is a code that uh, that any of you listeners out there can can use to get a special discount uh, for a for Florent subscription. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, basically we about, oh boy, it's been almost five years now, maybe about four years ago. Um, we switched our model, like our business model. Like it was, it was a big shift internally, honestly, there was a lot of things that I didn't see coming and, um, you know, there was, so for years we had offered like a one-off, like, right. You get like, you can buy individual tutorials. So if you just want to watch this tutorial, you can buy that tutorial on our website. Um, also I should mention, we have hundreds and hundreds of free tutorials on YouTube. So, um, you know, <laughs> check out our free tutorials. If you like those, we have great, like high and and advanced tutorials on our website too. Uh, for a long time, it was just like pay as you go, like get this tutorial, whatever. About four years ago, we switched to a subscription model. Uh, now you just pay either a monthly or an annual fee. The annual is nice because you get a good discount and then you get access to all of it every single tutorial and it streams on the website. You can download the content and follow along with the tutorials. It's, it's really awesome. Um, and so that was a big learning curve for us just as a business in switching that model. Um, there were a lot of things we anticipated, but a lot of things we didn't anticipate because um, a core shift in a business like that. And, you know, I'll just, you know, mention to anyone who has a business. Um, if, if you're looking to do like a legitimate, core shift in, in your offering, I would say do that um, as carefully and slowly and well thought out as possible and run as many numbers uh, as you can and, and figure out like best and worst case scenarios too. Because it's these sort of things can be difficult. Uh, not only did it change the way we uh, process payments and the way that we um, you know are offering uh, to, to our customers, it, it it actually completely changed the way in which we ran our business also. So doing a fundamental shift in how we build our customers uh, resulted in the necessity for us to do a fundamental shift in how we ran our company. So uh, that was an unexpected thing. I, I, <laughs> you know, looking back, I went, duh. But uh, at the time, I didn't realize that we would actually, everyone in the company would have to approach their jobs differently. We would have to actually functionally become a different type of company by changing our, uh, our, our billing and uh, the way we operated uh, our interaction with our customers. So these are some things that, you know, I would say like, go for it. If you think, you know, if you think uh, in the tech world, they call it pivoting a lot of the time, 
which is like a nice way of saying that wasn't working out. Let's try another <laughs> thing, you know? Uh, but if you're thinking about pivoting or doing something new or a big thing, I would just say like, you know, try to take your time with it. One, try to like talk with a bunch of people about it. Uh, see if you can predict any sort of like, you know, uh, negative consequences from those actions and then try to do it slowly in business. I mean, there's multiple schools of thought. Some people are just like, Hey, let's do, let's set the world on fire. Let's do everything. Let's do it really quick. Let's make it happen right now. Like we're going to go from zero to crazy in a very short time. I'm going to raise a ton of money and we're going to like build this giant business and get, you know, and then sell it off or do an IPO or whatever. And for a lot of people that works out, um, but I think that really depends on the personalities of people founding that business. For me personally, I like to do things slower because things get a lot more predictable if you slow timelines down quite a bit. You know, let's say you got a new project you're excited about and you're going to spend X amount of money on this project um, and you want to roll it out in a certain period of time. So here you do, you know, you're, you're spending work on development time, on marketing time, uh, it becomes a distraction for the entire company because then everyone's kind of focused on a new project rather than kind of what you've been currently working on. Um, and if the project hits, if it's a success, you know, blammo, awesome, that, that's fantastic. But if it doesn't turn out exactly how you thought it might, then you just sunk a lot of resources into something. It's kind of like, um, I got a buddy a few years ago who, um, you know, he, he bought a BMW, right? He bought a BMW, but he bought one that had like someone put a supercharger in it aftermarket and they put a cold air filter and then they put a roll cage in it. They just did a crazy amount of stuff with it, right? So it was like, took a, took a regular BMW and made it like twice as fast, right? Um, and in theory, that's all awesome. But what wound up happening is all of those things complicated the machine in a way that made it very difficult for it to be reliable. Mm -hmm. And it wound up just like breaking down a lot of the time and costing him a lot of money and just kind of just being like a pain in the butt. You know, it was just like, it, it, it became an expensive project. Um, you know, whereas like a car, you just want to get it from A to B, you know, like that's like, you know, if a car can do that, it's a good car, right? Like, you know, if a car can not, not like, you know, drain your bank account uh, unnecessarily. Um, it, it's a good thing. So anyway, sometimes in business, without even knowing it or without trying, you wind up, you know, building a car mm. that has a supercharger and a crazy aftermarket, blah, blah, blah on it. And it it winds up being you should have just bought a Honda Civic. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been a little bit better. So um, I guess what I'm saying is uh, it's easier to see those decisions if you move a little bit slower and take your time a little bit more with those things. It's easy to get excited about the, you know, the super expensive car with the modifications and things like that. Cause it's like, Oh, it's going to be cool. Everyone's going to love this car. It's going to go so fast and all this stuff like that you know, a Honda Civic or, uh, you know, you guys are in England. So I don't know, like a Fiat 500. I don't know. What's like a regular <laughs> car in England? I don't know. I like a, a hybrid. <laughs> yeah. Any kind hybrid. of hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a regular old, yeah. Like a Toyota Prius or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? 
you know, it's not going to be as flashy, but at the end of, you know, fast forward in the future, it's going to be like a lot less headaches. And there's a lot of that in business too, where it's like, um, so what we do now is if we want to do a new initiative, you know, like one, we budget for it. We figure out like, when can we actually afford this? And like, what's the budget? Like, can we spend like X amount of money and what are the expenses that we can foresee in the future? And then I always recommend keeping a buffer in the bank account, like a big one, if you can, like as much money, just like rainy days happen in business, you know, like running your own business, you got your ups and your downs and like long-term mental health, super important. So like those down months come like, man, I'll tell you, having to take out money to cover your expenses during downtimes, mm. it's no fun. That's just, that's not a fun time. Especially if you look back and you're like, dang, six months ago, I spent way more money than I needed to on this project. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm having to borrow money because my bank account's low and whatever, whatever happens, COVID happens. And you're oh, like, yeah. you know, um, anyway, everyone knows that's not fun. So yeah. I would say, you know, I like to go slow with things and make sure we have the budget for them. And then also, I think a lot of pressure is like, I got to make it perfect. I got to like, like release the most perfect thing ever. Like you guys were just talking about at the beginning of the year, you know, when you started your podcast, you're like mm. in your head, it's like, I got to make everything perfect. Episode one has got to be as good as like Oprah, you know what I mean? Or yeah. whatever. It's like, you know, but at the end of the day, like that's not realistic anyway. It's yeah. actually better to just get something up and start learning from there. And if yeah. you can get that something up for like a lot less time and money and investment, that's perfect because, you know, I'd, I'd rather spend, you know, I'd rather spend less money and energy on an early stage project and then work towards making it better because mm-hmm. you're going to have more information then rather than try to guess everything you need to know to make it perfect from the beginning, because you're probably going to be wrong about a lot of that stuff. So you're probably going to have to rebuild the redo a lot of it. And then that's just wasted time and energy. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you still have like some of the, some of the earliest videos that, that you did, uh, you know, when you started out 10 years ago, do you still have them on YouTube channel? Do you, do you like sometimes look back at them and you kind of go, <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, we have a few of them for sure. Yeah, we've changed a lot of formats and a lot of just general approach to like what we should be, not should be doing, but how we can be the most helpful for our audience. So a lot of the stuff that just like is no longer appropriate with our current brand, um, we we remove those videos, uh, but a lot of them are still live. You know, it's like, it, it really depends on a lot of the content and the approach. Um, you know, there's... Uh, some big lessons I've learned is like with YouTube, especially, I mean, any type of content is like get to the meat of the content as fast as you possibly can. Cause people are busy. They, they got other stuff to do. Like if you can get something across in three minutes, don't spend five minutes trying to do it, you know, just like get in and get out. Like at the end of the day, you make a good product. People are going to stick around. Like you, yeah. I, I used to spend a lot of time just talking about myself and my life and doing like really long intros and just like stuff that like, no one really cares about like my family might care how I'm doing on a Thursday or what I had for dinner, but like, even they probably don't really care that much what I had for dinner, you know, like, (laughs) so I would say like, get that content as soon as possible if you can. And, uh, you know, the other thing is like personality is going to happen. Like injecting your personality. I, I wouldn't say, like overdo trying to inject personality Mm -hmm. into your content because 
Like you can't actually help but to put your personality into your content. Like, you know, you don't have to put fluff in there. You can just like give regular information and people will get a sense of your personality through that process. So, um, yeah, I, I always say like with every video, like figure out what you want to say, like get, get that message across. It's like, if I want to teach you how to make scrambled eggs, like in the first 10 seconds of that video, it's like, I'm going to show you how to make scrambled eggs. Cool. Now I know what I'm going to watch in this video. Am I interested in making scrambled eggs? No, I'm not going to watch the video. Cool. I didn't waste anyone's time with that. Mm. I like to give them a little preview. I'm going to show you how to make scrambled eggs. I like to do it this way because I find that it, uh, my eggs don't turn out runny and they're nice and soft. They're not hard like they can be with scrambled eggs. Um, it's, it's quick and it's easy. And uh, you'll be here for three minutes, whatever. So I like to give them a little bit of like a, you know, what you're going to get. You know, it's like a preview for a movie. Um, And then right from there, it's like, all right, step number one, crack the eggs, step blah, 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 blah. And then at the end, I like to summarize it up. And then if there are any like actual tips tips and tricks that I've learned throughout the years, Mm. I, I do my best to tell them why. It's like, okay, so why did I do this here and here? I did it because of this reason. And if you do it the other way, it can wind up messing you up in, in, yeah. you know, with your eggs or your Photoshop tutorials or your photography or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. But um, I remember at college, yeah, I had a, yeah, one of, one of the public speaking, one of the public speaking classes or one of the performance classes, one of the professors used to say like, you know, um, you know, tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them and then tell them what you just told them. <laughs> and, you know, that structure is like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And I've used that ever since, you know, whenever, whenever I public speak. Um, Definitely. Know, so. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and that's great. That's great format for really any type of content, I would say. You know, and I hopefully try to do your best to stay on topic. And then, you know, especially like YouTube is fantastic because it's recorded video. You can edit it. You know, like if you don't like your intro, make another one. No one's ever going to know. You know, so it's like there's a weird, um, there's a weird like hurdle to to get. I think there's you know, especially with videos of people's. Uh, of themselves there's uh, there's a few hurdles one is getting used to the sound of your own voice everyone knows like oh god i sound like that yeah um but yes you do sound like that and that's how everyone else hears you so just be cool with it if you can yeah. you know <laughs> uh, uh, yeah like- episode episode 11 was the breaking point for me episode i think when we when we got to episode 11 i decided to not give a damn anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before that, yeah. it was like, you know, it's like I was listening. I, I wasn't. I, I really wasn't able to actually listen to a whole episode before that because because I would just get annoyed by ha- having to listen to my own voice. And this this sounds funny because I seem to talk a lot, but actually, I've never really like many people. I think like almost everyone, you know, when you hear your own voice recorded, it's cringy. You know, it's like. It's oh, very man. cringy. But don't so, worry, Kay. It actually is cringy. It's fine. Well, I promise. I know that. <laughs> I, I know that Nick puts his like his audio magic on it and makes me sound not as not as terrible as, as I really sound. <laughs> you're so, right, but, though. It's the, it's a weird. It's like getting your picture taken. You're like, ah, I don't like that. that yeah. You know what I mean? But like at the end of the day, that is how you sound. That's how everyone yeah. in the world hears you. Yeah. Like we have this, you know. So. It takes a little time to get over that, I will say. So, like, you know, uh, make a few videos, make a few audio recordings. Just, you know, make, like you said, make 
make 10, 20 of them. And you don't even have to show people the first 10 or 20. That can just be, you're getting used to the sound of your own voice period of time. Um, you know, that's a great idea. I just heard a, a really good podcast, uh, uh, Rolling Stone Music Now. It's on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just did like a deep dive on Radiohead, which like I'm definitely 15 years too late to the party, but I've become <laughs> a big Radiohead fan recently. <laughs> and they said with Radiohead that they played as a band for seven years together before they ever started touring and before they ever started going live and doing albums. Mm-hmm. So they just, they like, they just kept that stuff to themselves. They figured out how to get good. They figured out how to work together. They figured out their sound. And then when they were ready, they went and presented that to the world. And, um, you know, seven years is a long time. Like most bands aren't even together for seven years. So anyway, you know, by the time they were ready to like show the public who they were, uh, they were comfortable with their sound. You know, they, they know how they sounded. They know, they knew how to work together. So I would say like, you know, if you're going to do anything like this, like, yeah, just make up, make a few and then don't even publish them. Just like watch them yourself and be like, Ooh, I should change that. Or like, this is getting boring. Why, why am I bored with myself right now? Or whatever, you know, there's a, a lot of opportunity that you can take to, you know, just experiment with yourself and send it to some friends and be like, what do you think of this? And, you know, the, the brutally honest friends will tell yeah. you, uh, <laughs> most people just be like, it's great, you know, but <laughs> I don't know, maybe give them some whiskey and then figure out what they actually think about your stuff. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So getting over that sort of thing, it, it is a real hurdle. It, it's a real thing. Um, but you know, once you get past all that stuff, it's, uh, you know, make, makes things a little bit easier. Yeah. How long did it take you to kind of get, to get over that when you first, when you first started? Uh, whew, I, I would say six months and then, mm. okay. So where I'm at now, and this is the hardest part too, is that like putting on a personality for your videos is like a thing. And it's like very, very difficult for me to not put a personality on over top of my regular personality when I make videos. And that's, I'm 10 years in and I'm, I have not mastered that. And honestly, I think, okay, so when you're doing that, it's kind of like acting and great actors, they don't, it doesn't seem like they're acting, right? It just seems like they're just being themselves. It's like, that's just that person. Um, you know, and I think well, that's, it, that's kind of the goal is yeah, just it's, to it's, like, it's, it's especially those actors who always seem to be playing the same role in every movie. Hey, Brad Pitt, just say that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, he's, he's also been a relevant actor for, oh, for quite sure. a few years and is doing very well. So, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it, if the shoe fits, you know, if like, if you want to, if this role is right for Samuel L. Jackson, there's no other person who should be playing that role. You know what I mean? Like, you know who you're going to get when you cast that individual. And that's a strength in my opinion. It's, it's not, I mean, of course there's all types of ways to approach these things, but you know, at the end of the day, that's like that, that's what makes us unique. That's what makes us who we are. And um, I would say approaching that type of content, like the best you can do to like, just, if you were having that conversation with like a family member or a clo- a person you're close with, like if you can take that type of tone and just like mentality to it and, and comfort level, and these are not easy things. I still struggle with them. Um, 
But that's kind of my goal, you know, when when I do this thing is like, I don't want to be like talking at people in videos. I want it to feel more like we're together, like we're hanging out, you know. Um, <laughs> but if I'm talking to a camera, that's, you know, <laughs> you gotta use your imagination a little bit. But I just find like, you know, the best things you can do um, to keep your stress levels down, that really helps out. So it's easy to be like worked up in your head and just be like, I got to make this intro perfect. And then, you, you know, you, I, I have a tendency to like talk too loud or like get too excited or like yeah. try to make every word I sound perfect. But in the end, the videos that I make where I'm just like, hey, we're going to learn how to do this stuff. It's going to be awesome. Here's why I think it's cool. Blah, 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 blah. Let's get into it you know, those wind up just feeling a lot better. The ones where I'm like, hi guys, welcome to yeah. the channel. You know, it's like, yeah. all right, dude, you don't talk like that. So, but it's yeah. hard. I'd say it's this, this really reminds me of what, you know, when, um, there was, there was a time in my career so when, you know, when I was still like a full-time gigging musician, um, I sort of made a transition from, from playing electric guitar in bands and everything to uh, being a solo acoustic guitar artist. So it's just me on, on stage playing instrumental guitar music, basically. And the hardest thing for me at the time was not the playing part, although it was weird not being part of a band, but the hardest part for me was um, the, the, you know, communicating with the audience in between the tracks. Because um, I had, one of the things I used to do was I used to retune my guitar all the time. So I used to use different tunings and I needed a minute, minute and a half in between tracks so that I could retune my guitar. And of course, it's, intrinsically stupid if you don't say anything to the audience because it's just weird, right? <laughs> you just stand there, you tune your guitar. Well, hey, it's tuning again. And so and so you have to you have to somehow bring the audience in. And I tried all sorts of different things because I was really uncomfortable with that. Like at first I would literally script lines. I would think about what I was going to say and I was literally learning lines like an actor. That completely bombed. That was terrible because I'm not an actor. <laughs> You know, it's really, so like learning lines for me, I, I like bumble my lines and I, I just can't, I can't remember how, it's just, it was terrible, um, total train wreck. And then, and then I kind of thought, oh, maybe, you know, uh, if I tell some jokes, I just tell some jokes, right? And I tried that and I didn't, that didn't work. And eventually after, I don't know, like 150, 200 gigs in, I realized that, that all I had to do was really just be myself. That was it. And so what I would talk to people about was one, one was one trick I, I sort of, uh, I used was I was, I would focus, I was focusing on one person, like if out of the whole crowd, I would focus in on one person and it would literally make it feel like I'm having a conversation with this one person rather than being intimidated by this crowd of people, you know, all the eyes are on you. And especially when you're the only person, you know, and, uh, and I'm, I'm not necessarily the most extrovert kind of personality either. So it always feels like quite intimidating when everybody looks at your hands and it's like, you know, out of the hundred people in the room, 90 of them at least are other guitarists. And so they're judging everything that you do, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so, um, and so really it was like, you know, once I, once I got to the point where I realized, okay, I'm going to hone in on one person and I'm just going to be myself and I'm going to talk about things that actually happened to me in my life, like real things. At the time I had a, a baby daughter and, all sorts of crazy stuff happens when you have a baby daughter. Like every day, something crazy happens. <laughs> so you have like endless, endless material that you can just talk about. Um, and I found that that really, uh, that really made that um, a lot easier. It made, I felt more comfortable doing it. And actually it took all the stress away because it wasn't, a, it wasn't a thing anymore after that. You know, it was just like, okay, it's just how I, and, um, and it worked. Actually, it, I think it really had a positive effect on the audience as well. I, th I kind of felt that, people were 
I don't know, just friendlier. And because they seemed like, weirdly, people seemed like they got to know me beyond just the music, you know, which is, which is always a, is kind of a weird thing. Um, yeah, but that's yeah, that, good advice. So that took Yeah, me, probably took just seem more like a regular person. I think like, you know, all those magazines where it's like, all the celebrity magazines where it's like so and so's dating so and so. It's like, oh, look who's breaking up! Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, look who's drinking Starbucks. You know, like all that <laughs> stuff. I think they're popular because it just makes these idols look like regular people. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, they just do the same crap I do. Like, you know, it's like they're they're also wearing yeah. sweatpants to the grocery store. Yeah. Like, it's okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even, you know, I mean, even in magazine, I never, I wouldn't say that I ever made it into a celebrity magazine or anything, but it's just, you know, it's, uh, it's this kind of thing. I think when you're, you know, when, when you're performing, and in a sense, you are performing when you're, when you're videoing yourself and you're talking to a camera, that is t- to an extent that is sort of a, a bit of a performance, but it's this, you know, um, it's this kind of thing of like, just being yourself. My wife always says this to me. She, she always says like, you know, when you talk to camera, your voice changes and your accent changes too. And it's like, I don't realize that at all because I always think that I talk the same, the same way I always yeah. talk about, apparently. It, it's a weird thing. One trick that I do is I'll just, I'll start a sentence before my actual, all right. So if I got a line, um, especially like if I mess up in a tutorial, which happens all the time, uh, I'll just, I'll get to a point in which I don't even know what I'm going to say next. So I'll do, I'll use that as a natural stop and then I'll try to continue on. So I'll give you an example. Okay. So I'm going to explain, I'm going to explain something about, uh, for those of you guys on the podcast who can't see me right now, I have a shirt with a bunch of flowers on it. So I'll just be like, okay, so I have the shirt and I like it because it's got a bunch of flowers on it. It's nice and colorful and it makes me feel bright and happy. And then I don't even know what I'm going to say next about my shirt, right? But I'll use that as a natural pause because I make recorded video. I don't make live videos. This is no help for people who make live video, but for recorded video, I'll do a natural pause. And then I know I just got to pick it up from there again. So then I'll think about what I'm going to say. And then I'll be like, um, yeah. And then when I like when I wear the shirt, people are always like, hey, I like your cool shirt. And then we can have a conversation. So that's another reason why I like the shirt. So I'll just take that natural pause. But sometimes getting my tone of voice back to like normal is really difficult. So what I do is I do like blah, blah words. And then I go back into my normal tone of voice. So I actually will say like, blah, 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 this thing, that thing, going over here, going over here. And then the other thing I like about my shirt is that it's like bright and colorful and people tend to say like, hey, I like your shirt. And then we can have a conversation and then make new friends. Um, so that like blah, 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 talkity, talkity over here, blah, blah, blah. It kind of makes your voice into like a normal voice again. And then you can just start picking that up. And so I do that for my intros. I do that for my outros. Anything that I need a script, I do just some blah, blah, blah words first that gets my voice into a normal talking rhythm. And then I just go from there and just kind of just talk normal. Did you like, did you go, when you first started out, did you, did you go through like different sort of tryouts? Like, did you try and like script um, the whole tutorial or did you try and free flow that or like, did you, how did you end up where you are now in your, like, I'm in your far routine? too lazy to ever have tried to script anything <laughs> word for word. And that was like, I was like, I'm going to memorize 20 minutes of scripted. Like yeah. I have, that is not, uh, 
<laughs> um, <laughs> bullet points usually like that. That's usually good for. And if it's a complicated thing, I'll just write my bullet points and I'll have them in a way that I can that I can see what I'm doing. And then I try to do that in a way to where like people don't really see that I'm looking at my bullet points. And then again, because I'm making recorded content and it's edited. I have space to mess up and I have space to take my time. And if I realize I don't know what I'm talking about or something just sounded off, I'll stop myself, I'll think about it for a second and then I'll try it again. So it's a luxury of recorded video. Um, I would say, you know, if you're doing live performance, especially I have a friend who does stand-up comedy and man, she's incredible. But what she does, says the same jokes night after night after night. You know, she gets a lot of practice in. But what this does is it gets her to the point where she's so comfortable telling these jokes that she can do that in a live audience and everything can just kind of like roll one in into the other. And you don't need that period of time to like, what am I going to say next? Or you kind of like have it all lined up because it's ready to go. So mm-hmm. recorded content versus live content, obviously super, super different. Um yeah, but with recorded, I'll just make some bullet points and be like, here's what I want to talk about it. Like you said, you know, like, you know, tell them what they're going to learn, then teach them the thing and then tell them what they just learned. Um, and then I take plenty of breaks. Sometimes in, if an episode we release on YouTube, eight minutes long, fully edited, it might take me 15 minutes of actual recorded video to make that video because I mess up a bunch of times. And then sometimes... What happens is I'm just like sleepy or whatever, like hungover. <laughs> it's just like life happens, right? And sometimes I'll make a, a video and I'm like, that sucked. Like that, I can do way better than that. So I'll just like do it again the next day. Hmm. Like sometimes I'm just like that whole day, like this happened, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I, I recorded an hour and a half worth of content. And at the end of it, I was like, man, that's just sucked. I was like talking in circles, taking twice as much time as I needed to explain simple concepts. And I don't want to publish that. I don't want that out forever. I don't want that, you know, being a reflection because recorded content is like, once it's out, it's out. You know what I mean? It's like, um, my wife was in the room and we were talking about it. I was like, you know, it's like a band, right? Like if, if everyone's like feeling like crap, you know, that's not the day when you want to record your album, right? Well, I, I don't know anything about music. Uh, Kirsten, you know a lot more about this, but I, it, in my mind, I was like, let's just wait till the day when we all feel good and record the album <laughs> yeah, on that day, exactly. right? <laughs> so I do the same with my videos. You know, like if it if it ain't working, it ain't working. And if it's recorded content, no pressure. Um, what really helps out is just staying as ahead as possible. Um, so I, I do my very best and it's tough because every life comes in the way, but um, you know, when, when possible, trying to stay like weeks or months ahead of time in recorded content is really, really nice. That way, um, you know, whatever happens, Thursday comes around and you're not feeling too good, no pressure because you've got content queued up for the next couple of weeks or months. So yeah, do, you, do you batch record? So do you do multiple videos on the same day or do you just stick with one and that's it? Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, as much as possible. And sometimes I'll like batch week record. I, I go into different periods of time. So I'll, um, sometimes I'll try to get like a month's worth of the recorded video in, in a, in a week. So I'll, um, so we release a free YouTube tutorial featuring, uh, yours truly, uh, once a week. And we have done for like 10 years. It's long, 
you know, um, so sometimes, especially if I know I've got some stuff coming up, like actually in my life right now, uh, I've got a lot on my plate for basically like the next four months. There's just a lot of stuff I've got going on. So what I'm going to be doing is basically setting aside like a few weeks of time and like doing almost nothing else but record so I can have all that stuff in the hopper. And then uh, I've you know, got people who edit the videos, which is really, really nice. Mm. So as long as I can like get all that part done, they can do their part and everyone can do their part and it, it kind of gets it all done. So yeah, definitely. If I know that I've got something coming up, um, I'll just knock out as much as I possibly can. But if I'm in recording mood and, and for me, it's like a whole thing, like recording is like, that starts the day before, you know, that's like, let me eat right. Let me exercise. Let me go to bed. Let me get my thoughts straight. Like I'm going to wake up knowing exactly what I'm going to record. Like I'm going to prep everything beforehand. I'm going to have my images. I'm going to know what I'm going to say. I'm going to have my outline and it's good to go. So recording day, I'm not thinking about, you know, anything else in an ideal situation. Obviously things happen, but um, I'm just like, I'm going to do it. And then I would say like on a on a normal day, I'll try to record like two free episodes in a day. On like a banger's day, maybe three or four episodes in a day. Um, mm-hmm. And then we record uh, like full length pro tutorials for our uh, subscription service on our website. And uh, those are longer, you know, like uh, anywhere from an hour to like sometimes like four hours. So that's going to be like three or four days of back to back recording. So I'll, I'll kind of like block off a lot of time. But yeah, as ahead as possible, you know, because it, especially the weird thing is, is time. Like, okay, so again, it's been, it's been a while. It's been, the, our YouTube channel turns 10 years old, which in terms of YouTube is like, you know, like, like a geriatric walker in terms of YouTube. <laughs> like it's been a while, right? Um, but like our, like last week, our most popular video, like, okay, this is a good example. Like early January, our most popular video on our YouTube channel was a video I made like four years ago on how to set up a Wacom tablet. And for you guys who don't know, it's a pressure sensitive tablet you can use with Photoshop. But a lot of people got one for Christmas and they didn't know how to use it. So they watched my video from four years ago on how to set it up and use it. So I think that, that may have been me watching that. I mean, <laughs> it apparently pushed your numbers up there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Push those numbers up. But, you know, that, that was just like a thing that happened, you know. So that was our number one video that got watched like that week. Um, because a lot of people just got a tablet and didn't know what to do with it. Um, but you know, that got a lot of comments that got a lot. And a lot of people, um, you know, they don't look at the dates of when stuff's recorded. They don't know chronological order. They don't, they don't know, or, or especially with YouTube, most people don't even care. I mean, you got a couple people who are like going to watch like just about whatever you record and, you know, subscribers who will ding that bell and try to keep up to date. But like, honestly, most, most people watching our content think that something I made four years ago is recent. They think I made it last week, Mm. you know? Um, So chronology works a little bit different um, with these platforms than it does in real life. Mm. So I guess what I'm saying is like to us, it's like I have, 
early on the desire to be like, I got to record it this week and I got to get it out this week. Like that's important. But when you stretch a time period out, uh, you know, five, 10 years, like let's think about like um, albums from our favorite artists, right? Like if you like their third album more than their sixth album, it doesn't really matter when they release those albums, right? Like at at the end of the day, it's all just like, here's a bunch of content. Some people are going to gravitate towards one more than the other. So um, I would say the tendency to be like, I got to record it now and I got to get it out now. um, That's something that we found isn't really that important uh, actually. And honestly, like, you know, if uh, if a Simon and Garfunkel album came out today that re- they recorded, you know, in their early career, I'd be like thrilled about that. You know what I mean? I'd be like, yes, like this is the, the last tracks, you know, like, yes, please. You know, I don't care that you recorded this 40 years ago. Like, I want to I want to hear it right now. So, um, yeah, we record our videos ahead of time and as much ahead of time as possible because it makes it way easier on our team because mm. hitting deadlines is yep. tough and life yep. gets in the way. And, and the thing is, of course, you know, as soon as you don't make that, that particular deadline, then of course you got a problem because then you're, so if you're beating yourself up about being inconsistent, although I always wonder how really important that is. If you miss a week, you know, it's not the end of the world. Like nobody got killed, let's put it this way, right? It's all good. Um, but like for us, for instance, we, you know, I think at the very beginning, because when we first started this this podcast, as our avid listeners will know by now, um, you know, we, we started in the same position or in the same situation that we're in now where we're, we're both in our respective homes and we're recording ourselves, um, you know, at home. Um, and then, of course, w- what happened was that uh, about at, towards the end of the first lockdown, we were basically allowed to be in the same room again. And uh, we, you know, then what happens is we were normally on the set sitting opposite each other, talking to each other and then talking to a guest um, on the screen. Um, and now we're back to where we started in a way. And I think in the beginning, it was it was like, okay, we have to do this on a Monday because we've got to get this episode out on a Thursday. And so over time, we've also really realized that, that pre-recording, like batch recording a number of episodes and having some in the pipeline um, really de-stresses the whole process i know nick i mean you must feel that really with the editing right oh man yeah i mean editing takes so much longer or can take so much longer than the recording process even depending on how it goes right and um when you get into but when you get into the flow of doing it all of a sudden suddenly doing editing three podcasts in a row takes the time that you know two two it might done two before you know something like that and and so and on top of that because we're recording our main sets in my home, I try to leave like general things set up, but I don't want to have to set all this gear up every single time. It goes back to what you were saying earlier about having a dedicated space. I can't really have that. So the more we get in to record in one week that we can, the better, because I'll just leave everything set up, ready to go. You don't have to think about it. You can just focus on the guest. And that's really what it's all about. So yeah, uh, it's I'm all over the batch and being, you know, several weeks in advance if we can make you so much less stressful. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, musicians do it, right? They'll spend years recording an album and then release it all at the same time or whatever, maybe some singles or or, or whatever, you know, but they're not yeah. they're not recording a song and then like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> publishing it the next day, you know? It's like yeah. um because the other thing is too is you know, sometimes 
like we we try as we may, but we don't always have hits. You know, it's like you got to show up every day. And that's the other thing about content, too, is like it's very difficult to predict what is going to be a hit. Um, I think sometimes we, you know, we know right when we hit and we're like, that was awesome. People are going to like that episode, but it might not be the most popular episode. Something you do on something like total. I mean, it'll happen often where in the same month, I'll talk about some like awesome new technique in Photoshop that I'm super excited about that I think is going to like change everyone's lives and be like, man, people are just going to like be in love with this. And then I'll make another video that's just like how to use a relatively simple tool in Photoshop that I feel like uh, advanced users probably already know how to use. Um, and the video that gets way more views is the simple tool video, you know, yeah. which is uh, was not as exciting for me, um, but for whatever reason, just has a lot more yeah. broad appeal uh, and and a lot of people gravitate it. And it it constantly surprises us, you know, like uh, you know, we we go back through our analytics and look at you know month by month and six months and all of our performance to see like okay, what were the hits of the last six months and how do we try to replicate that? But like very difficult to predict even i mean i feel like it's just everyone in in general it, it's tough to predict what what's going to be a hit and then you know the, so the biggest advice that you know i have when it comes to creating content is just create as much of it as you can and <laughs> try to do your best every single time and uh try to try to put some good energy into it you know and uh, and and release like the best product that you know how to release but it can be very difficult. And then also, like, I think a lot of, there's a lot of preconceptions about there about like, quote unquote, viral videos and, and stuff like that. And my uh, experience is like, one, don't even worry about that. Two, it's not really a thing. So um, don't spend your time trying to make viral videos because uh, you can't predict what gets picked up. And I have friends who have had like viral videos picked up but and that one video gets like crazy views, but then none of their other videos get much views either, right? So all in all, it didn't help out the channel. Or like you know, you'll get a a call from a whatever whatever they want to feature or something or whatever, and you're like, this is gonna be it. This is the big break in business. Like from here on, we're set. We don't have to work as hard. We're gonna make so much more money. It's gonna be crazy. That sort of thing pretty much never happens. Also, you know, it's like. <laughs> It's pretty much just like, um, it, it, it's kind of like, I don't know, for anyone who looks at, uh, I, I like to think about life uh, kind of like the stock market a little bit. I'm, I'm not like a stock analyst or whatever, but like anyone who's ever seen the stock market, like it just goes up and down like this, you know, and like over a long period of time, it might go like slowly up and down, but it's going like in a day, it'll go up some and then down some, and then a week it'll go down a little bit more and the next week it'll go up a little bit more. If you average all that stuff out, you know, it, it'll just kind of tend to trend yeah. upwards, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, but like life, like you get some days where like everything's going right and you're in a great mood and you get everything. And then the next day you're like sick and, you know, you're <laughs> whatever, you stub your toe and you're, <laughs> you're, you're mad at something else and you check your bank account and you realize, oh God, I spend way more money than I should have. And now I'm strapped for cash. You know, like that's just kind of life. It's up and down, up and down, up and down, and up and down. And um, you know, so I feel like it's kind of like the same thing with um, with video recording. So the the best thing that I 
my my advice the only thing that's ever worked is just like keep going just like keep making content doing your best you don't know what's going to hit you don't want to know it's going to be a success take your successes in stride and your failures in stride because that it's just part of the rhythm of of business and part of the rhythm of mm-hmm. life so you know uh you got a success that comes uh that comes your way cool like appreciate it love it don't spend all the money you get from it if it's a financial success because tomorrow could be you know a, a valley tomorrow could be a down um and and you don't want that to to pull you down so much so um it all kind of averages out in in the end um and as long as you're doing a good job and producing good quality content it'll be an upward trend but you know try to ignore those peaks and valleys as much as possible i know it's difficult because um you know it's we're emotional creatures but um if you look at the averages uh that's a little bit more sustainable long term I know you mentioned there about looking at the analytics and whatnot about how can we replicate this for, you know, these X videos and and so forth. But one thing that has truly baffled me about channels like yours, the size that yours is, I mean, you've got a last look up, you had between eight and 900 videos on there at the minute. And that obviously doesn't include ones that you've removed over (laughs) over time, right? And what has really baffled me about channels your size is how do you continually come up with a different topic to do a video on because it it's just i suspect it gets easier as time progresses but it's certainly in those initial days of someone and i've noticed from experience having tried this myself in the past is you get to 30 odd topics or something like that and you go, i'm out i'm out i, I have no idea what to do <laughs> yeah how, how do you go about that that's a great question because it it's weird. It kind of gets easier and then it gets harder and then it gets easier and then harder. It, it's um so the way that I like to think about it is uh like okay like we have you know scientists out there like PhD scientists like somewhere in the world there's some scientists who spent their entire career studying like a little frog that only lives in one tide pool in the middle of a country we've never heard of. You know what I mean? And they know everything in the world about that frog. And they spend their entire career talking about that little frog, you know? And that seems like, how could that be? How could how could that be, you know? And then you have the other person who's just like talking about frogs in general. And they're like, I ran out of stuff to talk about frogs. But like, actually, there's an entire libraries to talk to talk about with this just this one little frog that this one scientist is studying so it's like it's it's weird because um content um it it can be done in a lot of different ways and it can be packaged together in a lot of different ways as well and it's like um so for instance, the pen tool in Photoshop. It, it's a tool that you can use to cut things out. I've probably made a hundred videos using the pen tool, at least, maybe maybe even more. Um, but I approach the tool differently as time goes by. You know, one could be like, here's my top five favorite tips for the pen tool. You know, one could be like, here's the a really, really, really detailed explanation of the keyboard shortcuts and how I get more efficient using the pen tool. One could be um, how to cut out a, a shape from its background where I use the pen tool. So some of them can be tool oriented. Some of them can be output oriented. Some of them can be lifestyle oriented. Um, you know, uh, there's 
<laughs> there's a lot of different ways in which you can approach basically the same thing. Um, and what is interesting is uh, a couple things. One is that especially like YouTube or anywhere where there are large audiences of people, um, the 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 audience will come in in waves, right? So like most of the people who are pretty heavily active uh, on YouTube in my channel currently, they're not the same people who were active five years ago. Mm. And they're not the same people who were active 10 years ago. Some of them, maybe, I hope they are. And, you know, if you're listening to this, thank you. That's awesome. Like, yes, let's, you know, uh, stick around. We got more good stuff coming. Uh, but a lot of the time it's new people and they don't even know what you made like 10 years ago. Um, and chances are you're probably better at making it now than you were ago. Mm. So um, a lot of the stuff we do is we'll just make the same type of video that we released years ago and we'll just try to do a better job. You know, we'll try to make it shorter and more succinct and have interesting examples and let people download it and things like that. So we'll, we'll revisit a similar topic. Um, you know, uh, then you have more like lifestyle stuff. Like here's, um, you know, the top, the top tips that I learned in this program or that program for this year. And then you can just make one of those every year. Um, there's, you know, there's, a lot of different, a lot of different uh, ways to kind of like approach similar information uh, from from different ways. It's it's like you know people who write six books on the same subject. It's like what are you talking about? But they, they focus on different minutia every single time. So, um, but one thing that we do, I mean, we do keyword research. So um, if you don't have any uh, background with like SEO, search engine optimization, or keyword research or any of that stuff, like. Uh, see if you can find a friend who knows stuff, stuff like that because um, there are a lot of great tools out there. Like um, people are searching in YouTube for new stuff all day. They're searching in Google for new stuff all day. And you can actually get access to that information of what people are actually actively searching for. Um, there's tools that these uh, companies provide like uh, Google Tag Manager and a Keyword Researcher. You have, uh, again, I, I have someone who helps me out with this sort of thing. But uh, recently, we just compiled a list of 150 video titles that people are searching for on the internet. And from that, we're going to go through and call that and use that in combination with like user suggestions and other new features and things like that to then just work on our roadmap for like the next six months of content um, for our different channels. So there's a lot of ways you can do it. I would say, you know, use as much data as possible. Like if you had a episode uh, video that was just like wildly possible, like go back and rewatch it and be like, what, what about it was great? Like, did, were we like in a great mood that day? Like, did everything just kind of click? Was the editing fun and snappy? Like, what was it about that video that, that you think was a standout and then try to replicate that and, and push that to your videos moving forward. Um, so it's, it's a lot of guess and check. It's a lot of just like figuring out, you know, what, what's the, you know, what, what's the pattern? But, you know, as we've seen with like Disney remaking every one of their animated classics into a, you know, uh, live action movie, that to me is an example of we all don't really know what's going to be a hit, do we? Mm. Like, you know, Disney's like, well, Aladdin was a hit when we animated it and we got to make more videos this year. So let's just make a live action one. <laughs> You know, they did the same with Beauty and the Beast. They did the same thing with Jungle Book. They're just going to keep doing it until all their old classics are, are live actions. And, you know, like, 
personally, I actually like the original animated ones before, but they can't stop making videos. They're just doing whatever they can do to keep making content. And then they hit like on a Moana every now and then, which is like the best ever, right? But it's like, you know, then the year after that, they come out with, and then Toy Story 3 is like awesome, but then Toy Story 4 is like not that awesome. You know what I mean? So, and it's like this Disney, they got all the money, they got all the creative people and they're still like trying to figure it out. So um, it, it's tough, but basically you just got to kind of keep throwing stuff at the wall and <laughs> see what sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you one thing I really like about um, the, the Florian Pro side of things, um, you know, the subscription services that you've got these learning paths on there. That's, oh, right. I find that 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 really to me was like game changer. Like because, like many people, I think like probably almost all people, you know, when you when you go onto YouTube and you have a particular um, problem that you're trying to solve uh, by way of finding a video that explains how to do something very specific, like using a pen tool or doing a particular technique. How to, I mean, the the standard thing is probably like how to cut out hair or something like that. That would be like a standard kind of a thing. Um, and you sort of have to, on YouTube, of course, because there's the sea of videos, um, you kind of have to find your own way through that. And that in itself can sometimes be frustrating because uh, as it always is in, in creative fields, especially I think, I guess in Photoshop and in, in retouching and everything else, you always, you try, you, you solve one little problem and then you realize that there's 10 other problems down the road and then you find a video to solve this. And it seems like a never ending story. And when I saw this, um, when I saw the, the kind of the, the learning path thing, I thought, brilliant, awesome, wicked. That's actually exactly what I need for this particular issue that I have. And I love it. Cool. It's great, man. Oh, thanks so much. I'm going to tell Mike about that because it was his idea and he he implemented that. So uh, good job, Mike. And I'm going <laughs> to send him a message right after this. <laughs> yeah, because you know, again, coming coming from a music background, and, and you know, uh, Nick's the same. You can attest to that too. Uh, like having taught guitar or having taught music lessons for a long time, you have to have a structure to your lessons over time, because you're trying to get somebody who's a beginner to be, you know, a proficient player, and just like teaching standalone individual lessons, uh, you know, is is so much more effective if you basically if you put it if you put it on a path and you have a track that you go down, you know exactly, you know, um, once you get to this to this lesson there, you would have learned all these things and then you can build on that. It's like a house of Legos, you know, it's like a house of bricks, basically. Mm -hmm. You just build one thing onto that. And it's 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 just uh, so much more effective if you have that path laid out for you, you know, so, so that's how I enjoy that. Right and, on, cool. Yeah, and you know, and of course, if, uh, if people want to check that out, there is a, a special code. Uh, we mentioned that earlier, which is Camera Shake Twenty, which gives you twenty percent off an annual subscription, which is flipping awesome. Yeah, yeah, and then you guys can watch all the videos, and you get uh, <laughs> get a get a lot more of me talking about Photoshop. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it, it, it's super fun. But I'm gonna let Mike know that those learning paths really made a difference, um, and uh, we'll make sure to feature those and, and make more of them. But yeah, there's. I would say, you know, when it comes to content, it's like you got short-term and then long-term content. So like, you know, one of the things that we try to do is, um, you know, figure out, okay, what's this thing that we're going to make next, but then how does it fit into the overall catalog and how does it fit into the overall mission and uh, goal of our content in general? Um, and I think just like you said, you know, like 
if if you can approach that sort of thing with like a holistic view, that's a really good idea. So, you know, just like with everything, you know, practice, um, practice and um, pre or like organization and pre-production. I think that these are, these are big things that they're not the most fun and they're easy to look over, but you know, like with a guitar, right? Like you would never just get up on stage the first time you held a guitar and be like, I'm going to play you guys a great song. Like, <laughs> yeah, you gotta spend a long time <laughs> practicing alone in your room and making mistakes and things like that. And I would say, you know, same thing with any type of video production or any new project that you're doing, like it's okay to spend time practicing and figuring things out. And then like, Dedicate time, you know, like I would say uh, to anyone who's going to start a, a any type of channel, like try to get a little bit of a strategy going on. But beforehand, be like, OK, cool. Like, where do I want this to look like at the end of the year? Like what episodes, what are some episodes that I'm most excited about making? And then, you know, write a list, spend like a couple of days and like put a Google sheet together. Hey, Google <laughs> sheet again. But put a big Google sheet together and like write out all of your ideas that you possibly have and then like see how they kind of like flow into one another and be like, oh, it'd be cool if I made this one first and then that one because then, you know, I could build on the knowledge from this one to that one um, and then, you know, kind of work through that. So I would say, you know, just like, you know, the recording process takes time, the editing process takes time. I would say give as much time as you can to like initial thought about the content of your videos that way you can look back on the end of the year and be like, man, look at this cool flow we had from beginning to end of our content. It all like follows a logical flow because you figured that out at year at the beginning of the year. And then the nice thing from there is, you know, it's it's Thursday in the middle of the year and you're like, what am I going to make next? You can be like, oh, I already figured this out at the beginning of the year. Mm. Here's the video we're going to make next. Let's just make that. And then we'll make the one after that. It takes a lot of pressure off. Um, so I would say dedicating time to you know each individual project like this and uh, planning out as much as possible. Um, it's like you know the blueprints for a house. You would you would never hire your contractors to build a house before you had the blueprints. So um, planning content out, you know, I would say it's it's one of those things that might not be the most fun, but uh, it, it, it's hard to build a good foundation if you don't have a plan. So what's your um, what's your what are your your future plans with Florin? What's like, what's coming up next? What's coming up next? Uh, more of the good old same thing that we've been doing for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, you know, tough to, tough to talk about the future in general. Cause it's like, as we've seen, like with recent world events, like it's, mm. it's very difficult to predict for the future. But I, I, when I look at the future, I look at the past and I'm like, what's worked in the past Let's try to keep doing that as best as we can and try to refine and make that better. It's like, you know, um, if someone were to ask me what's going to happen with the future of like Apple, you know, the company that makes like the iPhone and computers, what are they probably going to do? They're probably going to make more iPhones, right? There's going to be a new iPhone. It's going to be a little bit better than the last one. They're probably going to make more computers. They'll be a little bit better than the last one. They'll probably make more headphones. It'll be a little bit better than the last one. And they might come out with a couple like here and there projects, things like that. But really what they're going to do is they're going to make an iPhone 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 20, 30, whatever. Um, and yeah, do their best with whatever happens in the world around them. So I know that's like a weird question, but um I don't know. I think sometimes when I speculate too far into the future, I'm just like usually really wrong about what the future holds. And then I wind up eating my words. So I'm like, you know, it's like, well, 
<laughs> I've been doing almost the same exact thing for 10 years now. Um, and it's been great. And if I can spend the next 10 years doing the almost exact same thing, and it'd be great too, uh, that puts a big smile on, on my face and I don't have to worry about predicting the future, just, uh, doing my best to, you know, <laughs> make, make sure that I can come out with my version of the iPhone 25, you know, let's approach every day, give it our best, you know, like learn from, learn, study from the past, you know, like uh, his, history tends to repeat itself. So, you know, sometimes, and, and, and cycles are difficult to predict. Sometimes you get hundred year cycles, thousand year cycles, million year cycles, uh, daily cycles, you know, these, these things exist. So, um, you know, I, I would say if anyone, uh, yeah, I, I'm a little bit of a new history i've become newly interested in reading about history Mm. um just with the realization that kind of like things tend to repeat you get different iterations you know it's like things change a little bit but it's like oh this what's happening right now in the world happened like a hundred years ago too not the exact same thing but like a shade of it you know like this might be blue and that was teal but like, mm-hmm. you know, they're on the same spectrum yeah. uh, in, in a lot of ways. And and in a hundred years, it, it, you know, it's, uh, it, yeah. So I I love history for that reason, because I'm it, it just kind of makes it a little bit more apparent that like, oh yeah, like technology is going to change, you know, the earth is going to change, uh, but people uh, are fundamentally, you know, as a whole, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be acting the same way they did now 500 years in the past and 500 years in the future. And hopefully we learn from our mistakes and continue to grow. And I think we will just as society and, and humans evolve and um, we all get closer through, you know, technology and things like that. And my, I, I think it's going to help bring the human race back together again. And I think it's going to be really fantastic, um, you know, but I do expect a lot of what happened a few hundred years ago to happen again in the, in the future, but in different iterations. So, um you know, again, uh, these things happen, you know, so difficult to predict yeah. the future, but, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but flying is still going to be around in the future. That's for sure. Yeah. We're going to be around, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to be around, you know, as long as people want to watch Photoshop videos and yeah. other types of content. Yeah. We're, we're going to do our best and we're going to awesome. continue to put out the best type of content we can. And hopefully people like it. And, um, you know, we, we, we do our best with, with what the situation's, you know, <laughs> at hand. Long answer to a very simple question, but... Uh, like well, Aaron, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, yes. On that note, I'm just going to say that all the links are obviously going to be in the in the show notes and in the uh, in the description. Uh, you'll also find um, the Camera Shake 20 um, link uh, code in there. So uh, check it out. Uh, check out Flurn, check out Flurn.com. Um, it's, it's a real uh, education for sure. And of course, you know, if there's any problem you thought you ever had when it comes to Photoshop, Lightroom, um, and such, there was going to be a solution for you on YouTube right now. So, uh, don't forget to check that out. Um, with that being said, again, Aaron, it was an absolute pleasure. There were a whole ton of things uh, that I wanted to talk to you about that we haven't actually covered. So hopefully at some <laughs> point in the future, um, you know, we'll have you back on the show. It'll be super awesome. Cause there's like, there's a whole thing like about your, um, your 365 selfies that I wanted to talk to you about, <laughs> you <know? laughs> but we'll cover that. We'll cover that. Um, we'll cover that some other time. So 
Aaron, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. I sorry I just kind of blabbed and didn't <laughs> get to your list of questions, but <laughs> it's, been, a- it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for, yes. for having me on today. I really appreciate it. So we've come to the end of episode 41 of the Camera Shake podcast. Um, as always, uh, all of our links are in the description. We are on Instagram um, at, at Camera Shake podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter as well at Shake Camera. Um, we're also on YouTube. Obviously, if you're listening to the audio version, check us out on www.youtube.com forward slash camera shake. Uh, give us a like, give us a subscribe, um, all the good stuff. Um, and if you're listening to this episode on Apple Podcast, do us a flavor and scroll down and leave us a little review and a little star rating. That would really help us out because it, uh, it just means that our podcast can be found much more easily. So that would be superb. So all you have to do is go to the show, uh, the show page, scroll all the way to the bottom, and you'll see a little section where you can leave a review. We would love it if you could do that for us. Um, apart from that, we'll see you again next Thursday with yet another fun-filled episode. So take it easy, have a good week, and we'll be back next week. Bye.